You're listening to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, episode 33. This week, we're back walking in Memphis with our favorite 12 country albums. And this week is number two. It's time to grab the lasso and sharpen the spurs because it's boots and chaps and cowboy hats and your social distancing hosts, Rob Heitman, <laughs> and live via Zoom from his hidden bunker somewhere outside of Albuquerque, New Mexico, Jacob Newkirk. Somewhere hey, outside. Jake, there. man. How's Albuquerque doing? Oh, I, I shouldn't say that. You're yeah, no, bunker I'm, and everything. I'm somewhere outside of it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, where we discuss the best 12 country albums while enjoying a drink or two. I'm Rob. I'm Jake. Hey, Jake. Hey, Rob. I'd like to thank everyone who's been active in joining in on our conversations on Facebook page. I'd like to give a special shout out to Heather Kim, Michael Smith, nice picks, by the way, Troy Smith, no relation, I think, <laughs> and Alex Hennon. Thank you so much. Just a heads up, uh, Jake and his wife, Rachel, have just put out a special coronavirus edition of We'll Try It, Drainpipe. <laughs> How was that? It was actually pretty good. You liked it? Yeah. It, it seemed like Rachel had a harder time than you did. Yeah, it's a texture thing for sure. <laughs> How's everything going? Good, actually. Yeah, doing well. You're you're in your uh, bunker. The Hold hardest thing and... I imagine would be no light. No light, yeah. Got to do uh, candles only. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about this first post-corona concert in an indoor venue that's coming in up in Arkansas in uh, May 15th? Any thoughts? Yeah, that article that you, you sent me. I don't know. I kind of have mixed feelings like... I invite and welcome any sort of like, um, you know, reopening and, and getting back into live music and all that. But it seems like it kind of would suck out the life of that experience because I read something about fan pods where they're still keeping the distancing and everything. So. I am in a fan pod. Hello? Yeah. Hello. It's like what's kind of fun <laughs> is being in general mission and being shoulder to shoulder with people and like that whole experience. Otherwise, I kind of just want to watch it on a YouTube video at my house instead and, and not pay money and i like we were saying before i think it, it has potential to drive up costs as well but it's kind of the nature of the beasts where we're at so i guess we'll just sit back and see what happens yeah i think there's actually people i was watching i'm a bare naked ladies fan right so i looked at one of the old singer for bare naked ladies this guy called Stephen page and i was like oh well the bare naked ladies are throwing out all this free stuff on on youtube i wonder if he's doing anything and he's actually having concerts but he's having them digitally but you have to buy a ticket for them Oh, yeah. And he lets 250 in for every concert, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And I guess he does it in a living room or renting out space. I didn't pay for it. I'm not going to pay for it. <laughs> but I guess that's another way of going it. Yeah. But I think I think the big winner for this is, what's his name, Travis McCready? Because he's all over the place on all these news channels. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think anybody knew who he was before then. But I think they may hear about him now. Totally, yeah. I never heard about him. All you gotta do is be the first person to uh, do something like this, and then all the news sites are on you, and it's the best publicity you could probably ask for. Yeah, and kudos but, to the um, fans for taking a risk for music, I guess, and <laughs> getting out there. Would you go if it was like, let's just say, everybody, I want this to be a question to the greater Dirty Dozen audience. Let us know if the next stop on the tour was in your local venue on May 16th, let's just say. Would you go? What band? It has to be like of that band or whatever. It could be. Doesn't matter the band. But let's just say it's it's McCready. It's live music, and you're dying for live music. (laughs) Yeah, it'd have to be one of my with the bands I would go to see. I don't just 
go to see who that McCready guy is. What about you know, Shooter Jennings? Would you go for that? Uh, no, only because I'm not sick of him, but I've seen him plenty live. It, I don't know. I mean, I have friends who are playing in that band too. But if it was the, the right band, let's just say I'm not too worried about going into public in uh, groups. Okay. So for me, I may be different. I know that there's a lot of people who have kind of different uh, concerns and everything, but I'm kind of ready to to get thrown back in there and, and see what happens. I'm just kind of curious. I'm hopefully this doesn't, my biggest fear for the whole thing is that it goes back out and we do get a little spike in cases, but it may be spun and such that we were pulled back and the government tries to take more time from us and yeah. keep us locked in again because, oh, right. it came back. It's coming back stronger than ever. We have to be locked up till election day or something. Totally. Valid, valid concern. I agree on that. Okay. Today we're both drinking. Are you drinking Jameson still or no? I am, but it's the different one. We, we talked the other day about how I picked up some of that Caskmates. They have the, right, the IPA and the Stout edition, and I was super curious about the Stout one. So I got it. And when I was when we were talking about it earlier, I was kind of saying how it was like, meh, not, not the greatest. I expected more. But I realized about one-third way through the bottle that it tastes really, really good if you put in some like lukewarm, tepid water. Not ice, because when I tried ice, it still doesn't taste like much. But when you put in that like kind of, uh, room temperature water it opens it up and i all of a sudden taste the uh, butterscotch coffee flavors and i didn't taste those before so i i wasted the first third of the bottle just drinking it neat oh, okay yeah but yeah, it's good. sometimes that works i mean yeah. i think for yeah. castmates it works if you're drinking a high-end single malt scotch drink that yeah. neat yeah totally <laughs> and you're taking you're drinking beer after that right because i'm yeah, I'm actually drinking it in tandem. I have it already open, but it's How a can fire you drink it in tandem. Well, I have mine poured already, so yeah. Oh yeah, you poured. It. Sometimes I just like to, you know, switch, change up the palate. So I have an IPA. It's a Firestone Union Jack. I'm not usually the biggest Firestone fan, but there's a variety pack, and uh, their variety pack is pretty choice. I kind of like it. Yeah, it's kind of cool. To, you know, if you're going to spend the money on a 12 pack and you get all these different samples, usually they have like a seasonal one, right? That's kind of fun, and say so it was good. Yeah, it's a hit or miss with the seasonal ones. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they put a saison or a saison, I don't know, quick way to say it, Yeah, which I like a little bit here, a little bit there, okay. and there's a lot I don't like, but there's some that I love, but it's it's not my favorite if somebody's just trying it and that's not their thing. Yeah. Yeah, this one had, um, I forget, I think it had like three different kind of bizarre fruits in there that none of which I tasted. It was, it's fun to to try it out, you know. Well, I'm drinking right here. You can see this big, massive mug, which is multiple cups of yeah, beer, I'm sure. Hermitage Brewing Company from San Jose, California. Uh, the name of it is Transatlantic Dance Party. Uh, trans- which sounded pretty cool. So <laughs> that's what I'm drinking. It's an international pale ale. Oh, cool. International, huh? Yeah. So it's still an IPA, but it's not India. It's international. Right. It's not a... Yeah, the I, I does not stand for what it does. Yeah. <laughs> it's a confusing I. It's like that old song, OPP. It stands for different yeah. things. <laughs> Depending on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was nice to throw a rap reference in there real quick. <laughs> it's always good to have one or two singers of rap references. All right. Before we begin, we'll be critically reviewing specific songs of each album. We will share in under 30 seconds of each tune, unless there is a specific issue or criticism that we may need to highlight, and then we may do a second clip. We have made Apple Music and Spotify playlists. Just search Official Dirty Dozen on either service to listen to each of our lists in their entirety. 
This way, all the money for playing tunes will head back to each artist. We have created a current episode playlist which will automatically update with each podcast to the current podcast. So subscribe once and always be updated. Also, look for the link to our YouTube playlist as well, because sometimes music sounds better when you see it. Last week, we talked about four albums, <laughs> one apiece from Waylon Jennings, Garth Brooks, Scooter Jennings, or Shooter Jennings. I like calling him Scooter, though. I can it tell. Doesn't sound, it doesn't sound as, as outlaw. That's true, yeah. You can't be a, a bad dude with a name like Scooter. Watch out. Scooter's coming. Yeah. Hello. I'm an outlaw. <laughs> scooter. They call me Scooter. Horrible. <laughs> oh, Shooter Jennings and Brad Paisley. So be sure to check it out if you've missed it. It was so much fun last week, so mm-hmm. you'll enjoy it if you've missed it. So let's get to our next four. Jake, what's your third album? All right. I figure I can't talk about essential country artists without having Hank Sr. in there. Oh, okay. So I went with some Hank Williams. After all, he's the, the hillbilly Shakespeare, as they say. But the problem with that is like he recorded so much material and there's endless releases and albums that have come out since then with various assemblies and compilations, right, of different songs. And uh, there's some songs you don't really need to hear again. They've been done and done to death. But in my collection, my CDs, I've always had this one that I really love. It came out in 95. It's called Alone and Forsaken. The thing is, I have the CD and I didn't see it on Spotify, but it's on Amazon. You could buy it. Okay, and I can probably find his songs, though, so that's pretty good. Okay. What's my favorite of this Hank compilation, I should say, is that it's his best and saddest songs. So it's those those ones that really kind of sting you in the heart. So this Focuses. is your, just just to take note, this is your second yeah. of your one Greatest Hits album. <laughs> Wait, what? My, oh, well, no, it's not a Greatest Hits. Oh, because okay. it's, it's, a it's a compilation. I'm sorry, yeah. I have to be more clear next time. Well, there's more liberty, I feel like, with Hank Williams because in his recording career, it was only so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they discovered new, like there's demos. on. The, I guess that's why I say this one isn't a greatest hits because there's demos, okay. stuff that was mixed between their stuff with him and the band and it's stuff with just him and his guitar. So it kind of sets it apart, I feel like, than a, a greatest hits. How many Like I said, let me see, 18. Okay, that's good. And the last, like, Five or six are the demo versions, and there's a couple in there like spread throughout that also are demo versions. Okay, so walk us through um, the album. What, what's on? Well, there? so like I said, it focuses a bit more on the darker and the lonely side, which is less of the typically considered best of songs. Like sure. I said, I get tired of all the best of. So, and I've even heard of this album referred to as the depression mix, okay. <laughs> where people, yeah, it's like you put it on, drink some whiskey, and just cry. It's just over 40 minutes. Yeah, totally. You got to weep in your beer. I like that it's just over 40 minutes. Okay. It's a good, like I said, a good mix of the full band and his solo stuff. The one complaint I should say I have is that there's, a, you know, there's a band called The The. Have you heard of The The? Yes, I have. Um, I don't know if I can recall a The The song. Same. But I know The The was a band. And I exactly. And I opened up for The Band. So The The. <laughs> yeah. The The Band. <laughs> so for some reason, this guy was selected. To, it's, I guess, the singer for The The put together this compilation and did the intro. So the first track is like this guy talking. So I always skip it. It's him like introducing the thing. So that's my one complaint about the album. But apart from that, there's some super good songs in there. Ladies and gentlemen, Um, thank you for joining us. We're so happy you've been here. And I like to say (laughs) thank you to one of the most wonderful people I know, Hank Williams. 
Senior. Although it would just be Hank Williams back then because they didn't care about Senior. Yeah, back Hank then Williams. it was just, yeah, the one and only. <laughs> <laughs> the only. Uh, yeah. All right. So yeah. w- walk us through the album because I don't have it in front of me. This album is great, like I said, just because it's it's kind of the depression mix. But um, it still has songs like I Saw the Light, which is, you know, a redeeming kind of gospel sure. song. Yeah, and um, But then there's the ones like Cold, Cold Heart, which, you know, about Miss Audrey, his his uh, ex-wife, and just all the heartache and, and stuff with that. So it just kind of runs the gamut, lots of emotion. And it captures a lot of what I personally really like about Hank Williams. Maybe not everybody. But... Okay, so what are you thinking about songs now? Here they go. The first one I think is a good, good one. Maybe my favorite Hank song is called Ramblin' Man. And it's great minor key, somber song. What's kind of cool is it has this trademark yodel vocal style in there. And, you know, there's wandering and rambling and trains were such a common theme in his songs. And this is definitely a time that that happened. All right, let's listen to Ramblin' Man. Go, I believe I'd blow my stack. I love you, baby, but you gotta understand when the Lord made me, He made a rambling man. Yeah, that's a it's okay, a it's rambling man. That's good. Uh, I, I know. Didn't, I didn't cheat and go to the almonds again. Yeah, everyone has a song called Rambling Man. Uh, speaking of, to it, there's a, a band called the Weary Boys which I had kind of grappled with putting them into this, but um, they do a cover of this song that's ripping, like it's sped up super fast and like kind of um, bluegrassy. But um, I suggest people check that one out too, because it's super good. So a lot of the old Gene Autry or Hank Williams, the old stuff, you can re-record that with modern instruments and probably rip it up a little bit. Yeah, because they're just pure great songs in and of themselves. So you're starting with some, some really goodness. Sort of like what the what Zeppelin did with Robert Johnson and that's oh, yeah, all the right taking all the bar one the bluesy stuff. That sounds cool. Yeah. So um, what's what's next? What's um, next on the Hank Williams journey that Jake is taking us on. Let's jump to the the song called "I'll Never Get Out of This World Alive." This is the last single I believe that he released during his lifetime. What's kind of fun or cool about this one is the the lyrics are kind of humorous, even though it's about your mortality and it's kind of dark and my favorite line he says i'm not gonna worry wrinkles in my brow because nothing's ever gonna be all right know how it's just good writing good songwriting good lyrics yeah yeah i have a version of it that has multiple hank williamses on it yeah they released an album actually men with broken hearts i think it's called yeah it's really a cool idea where they took hank williams songs added stuff so they were singing together at the same time where they trade off verses yeah and yeah playing so yeah it's it's really neat you want to listen to that version let's listen to that version okay yeah it's, it's unique okay let's listen to we'll never get out of this world alive by the three hanks hank williams senior junior and the third let's listen i'm never getting out of this world alive my vision That one is cool just because it's kind of a modern approach. And again, it goes to show, like we were saying, these are 
just good songs already. So to modernize them, add some instrumentation a little bit more, it's just going to sound good. But that, just to be clear, that's not the one on Jake's album. No, it's not the one you're going to hear when you buy this album. Okay. So that's two down. Yeah. What do we have as your final pick from the album? It's, I heard that Lonesome Whistle. This one is probably one of the more big hits that people probably know of, but it's good. Again, back into that depression mode, somber, slow-paced tune. But what's kind of cool, I think, is he mimics the sound of a train when he sings Lonesome. But again, just more common themes, which include trains and prison, which is like <laughs> the standard uh, country things. I guess more modern-day country is like dirt roads and beer and baseball caps and whatever. There was one by Hank Williams that Johnny Cash sang. Yeah. So he, he recorded it. So I actually almost hit that. Yeah, I have an album of Johnny Cash doing Hank Williams songs. Even. Yeah. yeah, that's a danger. So I'm just making sure. <laughs> All right. Let's see. I heard that. Lonesome whistle. I went and broke my darling's heart. I guess I was too young to know. They took me off the Georgia main, locked me to ball and chain I heard that long some whistle blow yeah that's good so any other thoughts on Hank Williams no like I said this is just three songs from a really good album I think what's always really great about Hank is like you don't have to experience anything that Hank did to, to know what he was singing about probably never heard of Robin Wheat but you could imagine what it sounds like right and makes yeah. you sad so yeah just a really good not just lyricist but um just the delivery and everything just great songwriting okay i had two and i wasn't sure which one i was going with but i think i'm gonna pick it up a little bit a little more modern on this one not yeah. too too modern but in the 2000s it's a band called zach brown mm-hmm. i was waiting and, for you to, to throw that in there yeah and some of his later stuff owl and uh, Jekyll and Hyde even aren't necessarily as country but the one that really stood out for me for country with him and that's his, how he started it's called The Foundation and I tell you what when I went through this album picking three songs down the road is very very hard Yeah, it's so good it's almost as good as any greatest hits album it's fantastic yeah I love that it's really cool I mean I saw them play twice at the Hollywood Bowl. And the first time, I didn't know who Zach Brown was. I knew who he was generally, but I saw, I had seen him on the CMAs doing The Devil Went Down to Georgia by Charlie mm-hmm. Daniels, but, you know, his cover of it. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy good. I was blown away. You know, they were dressed up like skeletons, so it was dark up there, but it was day glow oh, skeletons, cool. and they were Weird. playing it. The Devil <laughs> Went Down to Georgia. It was crazy good. Uh-huh. And the fiddle player is amazing. Somebody had tickets, and they and I, there were garden boxes. I've never been oh, in yeah. a garden box. I'm yeah, always yeah. sitting on the benches. So I was like, oh, well, in that case, I'm going. I don't care who I'm seeing. But it was a fantastic show, and that's where they played a lot of songs that I liked. And then they played some covers. They played Sweet Emotion. They played Enter Sandman by Metallica, like mm-hmm. full out, not like a country band would. And they played a couple songs, and it, it was fun. It was just a fun time. And I'm like, yeah, I will get start getting into this band. And uh, I saw them again later, just as good. Uh, they're fantastic. Um, this album is kind of interesting. They had the first album they put out, 
and they originally signed to, to deal with a company called Live Nation Artists, but they uh, parted ways when their contact at that uh, record label left, and there was some out in the contract. Hmm. So they actually signed to Atlantic Records, which didn't have a country presence at all. So they mm. had a lot of freedom to do what they want, and they had creativity in that contract because they had had a hit, which they actually put on this album too, and it was more popular on Foundation than it was initially, which was Chicken Fried. Yep. So that gave them this power to do what they wanted, and that's why they did the Foundation to kind of, this is the album we wanted to make in the first place. This is the Foundation for who we are. This is us right here in this mm-hmm. one album. So it's great. And these guys, to tell you the type of guys they are, they have, you know how there's meet and greet and people sign and half the time the artists look bored or have a couple mm-hmm. seconds for everybody. They have an eat and greet. They cook barbecue for all their fans. That's country right there. And they serve them food. That's cool. Yeah. Like they're behind the band before the gig serving them food. That's neat. And serving their fans. Yeah. So I, I always thought that was a. A good window into their their soul. Heck yeah. Uh, I'm going to walk through the album pretty quick. The first song is Toes. I got my toes in the water, my ass in the sand, not a worry in the world, a cold beer in my hand. Life is good today. You can kind of get the vibe from that. Mm -hmm. And I may talk about that later. Whatever it is. And I came from a conversation where somebody asked Zach, he goes, why are you so pot? Why do people love you on stage? I said, I don't know whatever it is. They do. And they're like, (laughs) oh we need to write that but about a woman let's write that about a woman and he was in love with this other woman and head over heels so it's like whatever it is about that woman oh i just and so that's how he sculpted that song it's pretty interesting then another one of my favorite songs on the album which i'm not going to talk about (laughs) once again i said any of these songs are really good where the boat leaves from get away from where the boat leaves from it's like all of this sort of uh reggae inspired beach jimmy buffett sort of feel i know you have a soft place in your heart for the jimmy buffett style i do i do for especially when when zach does it i just like the idea of sitting on the, the beach with a beer yeah. and in a chair not necessarily in the water just sitting there relaxing watching people in the, in the water yeah and stuff. that's yeah. fine have a great time <laughs> and i'll just be here with my beer <laughs> so that one's great uh then there's free which has a uh, a whole track dedicated to the opening to it which is a uh, fiddle opening it's kind of mournful but the song generally portrays a couple who don't have a lot of money and all they need is love and they feel as free as they'll ever be and he talks about an experience in some of the things that zach had said that he was in the mountains in australia and he was up at the top of this mountain and he was looking and he could see for miles and miles he goes this is as free as I'll ever be. Mm. And he's up there and you can imagine the scene and how yeah. beautiful that would be. So that's it. Uh, the next one was chicken fried, which is mm. probably his most popular tune, which yep. I may not talk about. This is what Zach says about it. The song is basically a, just a list of all the things I love. Pretty much. <laughs> this is who we are. And granted it was four or five years ago when we finished the song and when we wrote it, but that's the roots. And basically it's like, the more we get along and the older we get, there's f- very few songs that you can say, I believe in it. Mm. And all those things, when I sing it, I believe in. And that's just what I wanted to capture in that song. Mm. So, 
he actually wrote that with somebody. He, he has a, a writer, uh, Wyatt Durrett, I hope I'm saying his last name, but he they write together as a pair uh, a lot. Oh, okay. And occasionally some members of the band are in on that. Next song is Mary. Mary, Mary, why are you going to treat me this way? And you can see why that has some sort of... <laughs> Special, special. <laughs> no, it's it's an alternate. She she treats me well. <laughs> my, my wife's name's Mary. All right, uh, uh, different kind of fine. Love the groove of that song. She's a lawyer's queen, a trucker's dream, a baseball hat fit for a queen, uh-huh. a genuine different kind of fine. Yeah, that's good. So I kind of like it. So that's good. Yeah. Highway Twenty Ride, which is a fantastic song about a father who goes through a divorce. And has to drive to pick up his kid. He went down Highway 20. And that's what the whole song's about. And it's from uh, the Wyatt came through it as a, a child who went through something similar when they had a divorce in the family. And it, he just, his father coming in and trying to figure out how things are going to work. Because he's staying with the parents and doing that long drive. And I know that that can touch strings with a lot of people. So uh, it's a fantastic tune. So definitely check that out which which album is this what's it called it's the foundation okay. and the next song is a song i'll talk about in a minute uh, why yeah i think so because it's so different and the bass player sings it so oh. i figure we'll throw a little love that way it's called it's not okay but we'll come back to that then he did a cover of jolene but not the one not the dolly parton one. Oh, it's another one he did there, there's a ray montalea's oh montalea's about yeah yeah I can't already say his name. Yeah, right. I think it's French or it's something. It's about cocaine addiction and a man saying he'll never be free from his demons. And he'll, you know, each time he, he says, I'm not going to change. This is who I am. And I can't get out of this. That sort of thing. So it's really a dark song. Mm-hmm. The last one, what am I going to do? Uh, yeah, okay. I'll, I will talk about the last one too because it's kind of fun. It's called Sick Him on a Chicken. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which is a. It's just a fun tune. Uh, I always love the playfulness of musicians having fun. So, and this song th- totally does that for me. There's an echoing track of a redneck. There's a bit of a caricature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, it's like something I would uh, do and be offensive. In your impressions. But I guess when Zach Brown does it, it's fine. <laughs> it's the lightness of the tune. The storytelling on this one helps you visualize the scene. And there's also a little death march when they actually catch the chicken. <laughs> and it, you can kind of get a vibe for it. But let me just, as weird as it is, and I probably shouldn't start with that one, but life is a funny thing. <laughs> and I'm going to start with the last song on the album. Let's start with Sick Him on a Chicken uh, by Zach Brown. That's the first song. Okay. So let's, I'm curious. Let's hear it. It's funny. I, I like it. I chased the chicken and beat and hit him from the side. I chased the chicken. I chased the chicken. And Pete suffered on a homemade chicken pot pie. Anyway, that's sick of a chicken. That was different. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting. I love his storytelling in there because you can kind of get the – it's amazing. He's talking about his dog. This dog is the smallest dog in my yard, and he and he describes him to a T. And later he's like, but that guy can chase chickens. That dog chases chickens <laughs> and attacks them and stuff. It's great. So anyway. And they have different genres in that yeah. song. 
because it goes from like straight country yeah, jumped like, around a bit a bluegrassy mm-hmm. shuffle and then when it hits the first like dun 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 the death yeah. tune or whatever and then it just starts taking off and it goes into almost a rock mm-hmm. space just for a little bit at the end and the guitarists go off all the musicians are ridiculous i think in that album there were six people on in the main band and now there's i think nine now in the main band but when i saw them in the hollywood bowl the tightest band i've ever seen and there was eight people on stage all right so next song let's go let's go to toes right off the bat uh zach brown got a call from wyatt who's the songwriter he hangs with and he says wyatt called me about six in the morning at my home phone which either meant that something was wrong or somebody was really up late partying. He gets on the phone, and Y goes, I got my toes in the water, ass in the sand, and we got to write a song about it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it sort of started. And it was his second number one off this album. Wow. And um, it introduced a character in their videos called Floaty Boatwood. You know, they try to make these characters up. And, that's pretty uh, bad. A lovable, dirty Georgia type of guy. He's the main character in the video, but there's a lot of different cameras. I think I've seen that video. But yeah, you got to check it out. That is on YouTube. A lot of the Gar stuff I from last mm-hmm. last week. He doesn't put stuff on. It's really hard to oh, find yeah. his stuff. His videos, you actually have to go and either pay for or get on his albums. He's very tight with all that, uh, especially Bye. on YouTube. You can get him on Amazon Prime. No, Amazon Music. Sorry. Amazon Music. He's available. That's the only place you can stream Garth, by the way. Total sidebar, but Toes I love. Definitely that beach sort of vibe. Let's listen to <laughs> let's listen to Toes off of The Foundation by Zach Brown. Here we go. But the plane brought me farther. I'm surrounded by water and I'm not going back again. I got my toes in the water, ass in the sand. Not a worry in a world of cold. Life is good today. Life is good today. Adios and Yeah, I'm leaving GA. And if- anyway, that song goes on, and at the end, he's out of money. <laughs> <laughs> so he has to go home. And hold on, let me just, I'll give you the last verse. It's probably worth it. Just going to probably by the lake. Put my ass in a lawn chair, toes in the clay. Not a worry in a world of PBR on the way. Life is good today. Life is good today. But it's it's a fun song. I, I love it. I love yeah. that vibe. As I said, I'm I'm a sucker for the for the I'm drinking on the beach sort of songs. Yeah. I, hey, I'll I'll take it. Okay, the next song is I want to highlight the bassist. And it's kind of like this big, heavy, fiddle-driven song. But he keeps saying okay in it, and it's kind of funny. Kind of reminds me of almost a Charlie Daniels sort of feel, but it's really good. It's John Hopkins is the bass player, and he sings it. It's like it's an interaction of his everything that's going through his mind while he's walking along and this homeless guy approaches him. And, that, and it's a conversation he has with the homeless guy. And that's pretty hmm. much what the song's about. I'm leaving off number one hits left and right in, this, in the songs that I'm playing. So especially Chicken Fried, if you want it free, 
uh, High Ride 20 Ride. All these songs are amazing. Where the Boat Leads From, I love too. And Freight, all of them are great. So, but anyway, let's listen to It's Not Okay because it's different and I love it. So here we go. I guess his body was as good as mine. Just like me, he was wasting time turning every stone to see what he could find. Okay. He was filling tank and he asked for money. I lied, said I didn't have any. My conscience took over and gave him a handful of change. Don't do a thing. Don't do a thing. Stay. You get the general mm-hmm. vibe of it. <laughs> it's it's fantastic. Playing on these guys are just virtuosos oh, yeah. everywhere. Yeah, all those solo <laughs> breaks were pretty great. So great yeah. to listen to it. And that's a so, bass player singing. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, he's been. He's actually not the bass player anymore. It's interesting. He's still in the band. He plays banjo, guitar, and sings. Uh, but he's like the harmonizer for Zach. He's one of those. Those guys. He's that, the main uh, yeah. vocal, yeah. Guys who hit harmonies yeah. perfect. And play every instrument. He's like, I'll play bass, but you know, if you ever get a bass player that right. comes your way that's really, really good, take that off and I'll do all that's this cool. other stuff. There's a lot of utility players in the Zach Brown band. A lot of those guys play multiple instruments. It's good to have them in the tool belt. Most of them most of them yeah. do. Like some plays pedal steel, this guy plays this, they play that, uh, mandolin, whatever you yep. want, they can play. So and some guys just play slide really well. And, yeah, that's ah, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. You can play drums. <laughs> oh, they actually have two drummers. They have a drummer and a percussionist. And it's interesting. One of the, the percussionist guy, his father was, like, really big. He played with Wayne Newton wow. and played coming over. He was like Ricky Ricardo. Mm. He was kind of – he came over from Cuba, and he was this big drumming superstar in Cuba. And he came over, and then he started playing with all these people over here, and started working the entire Vegas scene, and gets hooked on with Wayne Newton and played with him for a while. And he's still pretty famous. His father, and uh, Daniel, who's the who's the percussionist, plays a bunch of stuff. And then there's another drummer who's fantastic too. So the main drummer is the other guy. This guy's percussion. He plays bongos. Everything. Yeah. It's kind of it's one of those dual drummer sets. It's pretty amazing. That they complement each other and they don't step on each other. So, anyway, Jake, Jake, I heard, I heard something. I don't. I want to know if it's true or not. Oh, you have another album to let us know about. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. It's a dirty rumor. Did you do three songs already? Yeah. Oh, I thought you did two on them. I did "Sick Him on a Chicken." I did "Toes." Oh yeah, and then uh, and I did, okay, it's not okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what's what's Zach Brown's like? How do you just become like, okay, this is called My Name Band? He he was the one who kind of rounded all these people up. All right. Over time, he was playing in the local scene and just kind of, kind of grabbing you and, oh, you want to come That's play? Cool. You can play. Because, I mean, you can tell he's got the voice, you know, the ability and talent and all that stuff. So it's just, I always am curious about that. Like, you know, when you hear about uh, the Eagles or something, when they were like a backing band for so-and-so, you know? So it's like, I just am curious when someone ends up making it be like this is my name band and well it it's, I, guess, I guess you have the lead singer usually mm. has that he can play guitar and sing so mm-hmm. he can go someplace and play on his own and he probably started off playing with that and it's like hey you want to play with me come on play with me and then then it's other people in the zach brown band and it's just grown from there yeah and he's been taking everybody hasn't nobody's left 
they've kind of stayed on for how and, long now? Uh, well, probably 15 years, uh, but it's all staggered. The people coming in at different times, but once they're in, they're in. It's yeah. like the mafia. <laughs> like, the- as I said, he's up to nine members now. He was up, like when I saw him initially, it was six. And then the second time I saw him was eight. Hey, what is he, Slipknot? And then it's nine <laughs> now. So, but and once again, it's super tight and they're all complimentary and they can all fill in where the other person is not. Yeah. You know? So, and they can say, oh, I'll, I want to play pedal steel in this song. Okay. I'll play the banjo you normally play. Okay. Then I'll play the, you're playing the banjo. Then I'll play the, the slide guitar you were going to play. And then whatever. It's just. Yeah, and keyboards and no, I've always loved you. that that side of it where people will just get up and like change instruments and then play the next song and you're just sitting there impressed and jealous. All right, so yeah. what do you have, my friend? Okay, so uh, moving down, you know, we already actually kind of mentioned him. It was a good segue, but I have Hank Three is my uh, my next. Oh, pick. really? Oh, yeah. So we talked about Senior, um, and then you kind of segued into into three uh, and i think we've we've talked about even hank jr in the last episode kind of just what we love and hate about him a bit but and you know hank hank, hank three's actual nickname what they call him shelton is his real name scooter <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you're gonna start horrible rumors <laughs> yeah what, well that's funny i'm gonna too. get my ass kicked by hank williams the three that's well it's, it's also funny because him and shooter um they kind of grew up a little bit together but weren't friends like they actually had a rivalry for a, a while and i think they've, they've kind of since buried it and uh they're not friends but they're they're not you know uh enemies or have any animosity at all uh it's just kind of interesting anyway so hank three what i really love about this guy and you know a lot of people argue what he is in terms of genre but because he obviously mixes country but he has a very like punk rock and metal approach to what he does too where he opens with this country set so you'll see the the place is packed people with cowboy hats and then as the the show goes on it's like a four-hour show he transitions and he gets a little bit harder a little bit heavier into the other stuff and you'll see the crowd kind of thin out. And by the end of the night, it's whatever his most recent extreme idea is, where he's had crazy thrash punk. He's had a, a band that was called Three Bar Ranch that was, it's basically cattle calling. Like, you know, when you hear, hey, blah, 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 and they just do that super fast stuff. Mm-hmm. He takes recordings of these famous people and plays speed metal behind it. And so it, it sounds really crazy. It's not like the, something I put on all the time, like I want to listen to that. But just the fact that someone thought of that to like make an album and and put out this thing. But all that being said, by the end of the show, towards that time, there's maybe 20 people in the crowd because <laughs> not everyone's into that. Sort lost of everybody. Yeah. But what's also great about the guy, um, besides being he's truly like innovative artist, legend who embodies that sort of outlaw approach. Right. Because he's not doing anything the way that like country guys do or, or whatever. But as he transitions through that set from country to the heavier stuff by in the night, the crowd thins out and he, it only has the true fans left. So he'll stop at the very end, come down, jump down and like hang out with every last person, talk to him, sign something. So it's like the kind of guy you just really appreciate that ethic. He appreciates where he is and he appreciates that you're there. He's just a little bit weird in in what he does, but that's what you got to love about him. But yeah, what's also crazy about Hank three is like when people saw him, they were like, like, my God, you're a spitting image of your, your grandpa oh, i can see that too yeah and he even like i think there was some some old clothes that they preserved of hank senior that was in a museum and then they lent it to 
to three to uh, put on for a photo shoot. And it basically like fit him, except he's a little taller than Hank senior, but uh, they were all blown away how, like how he put on those clothes and looked just like Hank senior. And, and he, he can sound like him a lot too, which is really weird. Cause you listen to Hank junior and he's good in his own way, but he's just not like his dad, which makes sense too. I guess if you're going to make music, that's not going to be identical to your pops, but, but all that being said, I had to pick one album and, He's kind of interesting, too, because he has, like, his debut album was pure country, like, almost like radio country stuff, which he's not well, a fan Let me of. just guess real quick. Yeah. Let's Ramblin' see. Man? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he did cover that song. Uh, no, he has a whole album called Ramblin' Man. That's one of the names. Like, it's no. Ramblin' Man. No, he doesn't. Has to have Does he? Song. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that one. It's the 2014. Um, yeah. So, my favorite of his albums actually is Love Sick, Broken, Drifting, which is the second one. But the one I'm talking about today is his third album, which is kind of special. This was, it's called Straight to Hell. He was signed, he signed the Curb Records, or at least was. He had this um, contract. He wasn't a fan of it. He was trying to get out of it for a long time. And it was actually, I think because it was so extreme, they, Curb Records did an imprint called Bruck, which is B-R-U-C backwards. So it wasn't closely associated to the label name. Because I think there was a little bit of like, we got to release it, but we don't know how this is going to work. Because it was the first major label country album that got a parental advisory warning on it. Yeah, so, I see it on the, even on the, uh, if you look at the Apple mm-hmm. for it. Oh yeah, it's got that they sticker. They have the right sticker there. on it. Yeah, it's part of it, part of the uh, artwork there. So it's a long one. It's a double disc. Although the second disc has like a long 42 minute track with a medley of cover songs and like weird sound bites and samples. But uh, That's interesting. Yeah, but the, yeah, I see it. It's like Louisiana Strikes and Hidden Track. Right. On the second. And Hidden track. track, yeah, it has weird, like it has train sounds, uh, I think goat sounds, and like bong rips. But in between that is some really good material. I think he covers some Hank Sr. songs in there, um, some other stuff too. But I think that was really the album that was starting to show how he's pushing boundaries and breaking away from the major label sort of uh, stamp there and doing what he does, which is just the mix of all the stuff. Because he was he was playing drums in punk rock bands before he was being in his own band. Um, you sound like you've seen him before. Yeah, a few times. Yeah, I've seen him. Um, I met him. I have a picture somewhere to him. He came down. Definitely, definitely send it and I'll put it on. Oh, cool. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, I got that somewhere. So anyway, yeah, straight to hell. This one, like I said, it's this one is more extreme. Um, lots of good songs in here, but I, I narrowed it down to three. I'd like to probably start off with a song called Smoke and Wine. It's one of his more rowdy kind of get down songs and it just takes off. And I think it's kind of a good introduction if you may not you, know. You didn't him. want to start with Dick and Dixie? No. I know. That's the, it's, you know what's funny too is that Shooter has an album called Put the O Back in Country. So they both kind of did a, a stupid kind of immature euphemism there with, with something. But so talk about Smoke and Wine a little. Uh, like I said, it's just, it's rowdy. It's one of those ones that takes off right from the get-go. It kind of shows where he's doing country, but he's got that punk rock metal vein that is coming out. And it, it, it makes sense the way that he does it, where you don't think it sounds weird where i think some other people it's sounded contrived where they tried to like mash up like the flavor of the week now is taking rap and country right there's so many bands who have that kind of rap hip-hop beat behind it and then it just sounds so forced but the way he does it just it comes out of him because that's just what he he does what he was raised on he's just uh loves music and does what he wants to hear no i concur i mean what the raps doing in country music is just awful mm. just my opinion 
if you love Florida Georgia Line, good for you. <laughs> Let's listen to Smoking Wine. Because I'm drinking, drugging, and I'm having lots of fun. I always carry around my Lordy shotgun. If I think I'm gonna have a bad time, I got a little bit of smoke and a whole lot of wine. That sounded good. Yeah. Is there some cool guitar solos? But what made you pick that song? Was it Satan? <laughs> That's funny because the opening song on this album is Satan is Real, which is... Uh, oh, I know. It's the Leuven Brothers who are like, they're an old traditional country artist. And they have a song like... So he introduces the album like that. And then he busts in with his uh, his song after that. But uh, yeah, he's, he's pushing boundaries here on, on this album. That's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. A little Dana Carvey reference yeah, always Yeah, you gotta works. have some old classic 90s SNL. Hold on, I'm doing my superiority dance. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> golly. It was funny when he started singing, because I have, I have not heard Hank 3. Oh, no? I've okay. Heard I've heard Hank, you know, Hank Jr. Yeah. Hank Sr. He I sounds more Hank like 3. his uh, grandpa than he does his dad, that's for sure. He did not sound like I expected him to sound. He sounds like a mix of his grandfather and yeah. Kurt Cobain. Yeah. It's, you know what I'm saying with that sort of the twang with the grunge. It's it's definitely the grunge, there. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like this mixture of yeah. styles that I was like, whoa, well, what is that? So he he does that kind of the nasally country sound all the time, but every once in a while he does some of the throaty screams, and he has some other guy to do some of the the more uh, metal guttural tones. And and the drummer he always has can do the country, but he also can do the double bass and and sit there run on the pedals whenever you need to like you know turn up the volume and and get a little bit heavier. No, that's cool. So all of that being said, going, this song's kind of a little bit more of a traditional country sound. It's called Low Down. It's really catchy, well-written song. It showcases his ability to really just write a good country song. We know he can push the envelope and get extreme and, you know, be uh, double bass and banjos here, but he can also. I'm uh, kind of curious. Does he get, I guess it doesn't matter anymore, like radio airplay or. Like the people in country music, I can't imagine him playing a lot of uh, Hank 3. No, I think when he came out, that's what they were trying to capitalize on was like, wow, he's like his, his uh, grandpa, um, sounds a lot like him. And that first album, if you listen to it, sounds like they're like trying to just reinvent Hank Williams Sr. And he hates that album, although there's some really good stuff on it. But he did it because he was like kind of selling out, being like, he needed to get some money. I think there was like some child support issues going on at the time. <laughs> Cause like I said, he was drumming in punk rock bands, not making much money. So he's like, I got the name and I can do country. So I might as well. And later on it, he kind of made it work where he could mash the two. Yeah. I don't think he gets radio play, especially nowadays. Cause he basically records everything himself. So he produces, he does it all, which I think has drawbacks because I think sometimes you need that, what they call that fifth band member to kind of speak some outside source in, into what you're doing to maybe help refine, trim the fat, that kind of thing. Because a lot of his releases nowadays, when he puts something out, which has been a while, I'm not the biggest fan. You could tell he just does it in his house. A lot of sampled drums. and. Well, I think sampled drums are just slightly better. Yeah, I bet you would do. <laughs> but so that being said, I think Hank 3 is great. I still love him, but anything more recent, I'm, I've yet to be impressed. But there's a, a certain era where he was just putting out great stuff, which he did. Sounds good. Yeah. 
So, so let's listen to Low Down yeah. off of Straight to Hell. No, but you can definitely hear that. Sounds like his grandfather a lot more. Yeah, yeah, you can hear it in that. Yeah, it's definitely the got first it one, in him. No, I I didn't hear it as much, <laughs> but just because of the, the the timber of the song, really, and this one, it's totally in that space. Yeah, and, like I said, when he does more of the traditional country, it it's when it really just shows like he's channeling Hank Senior, but when he's uh, kind of bringing in some other elements, it really kind of shows that rub between where he's from and what his uh his influences are also and how that kind of comes out no that was it sounded good yeah it's fun uh that was bebopping to it yeah i am just here standing here bebopping here's another bebopper (laughs) okay (laughs) like i love the (laughs) bebopper there's there's some really good ones on here so like as you know it's hard to like sit here and Pick three songs that represent the whole thing. Is it is it that solid? This whole album, straight through. This album has some really strong standout tracks to me, but I feel like this one is just more symbolic. You wanted to push the envelope. I wanted to make sure to to bring up that parental advisory sticker, and that's the only way I could, right? (laughs) Want to bebop a little bit? Want to get the bebop out? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Okay, so last one on here. I think it's kind of similar to the first one I picked. It's called "Crazed Country Rebel," but the song title obviously it's one of those outlaw country anthems so the name kind of says it all yeah you just got to listen to it crazy country rebel yeah well isn't that special <laughs> <laughs> let's listen, let's listen to crazy country rebel let's listen thank you now i'm starting to feel like i'm out of ob on an overdose of drugs overdose of sin i'm gonna live it till the forest like a You know, it sounds like it's traditional country song. But he's talking about but drugs. The lyrics are not yeah. traditional country. <laughs> That's what I think is so so kind of weird and, and interesting is that, yeah, it sounds just like stuff you could probably hear on the radio. But if you pay attention to the words, you're like, wait a second. This guy's just partying. That is, it was cool. No, no I, I actually dug that song quite a bit. Jake sent me a picture of him with three. Yeah, I found it. I found the picture. And uh, I will share that on uh Facebook. That's before I had uh, dreadlocks, too, obviously. Before you had dreadlocks? Is there such a time? Yeah, it's hard to remember. Well, I've, I've seen the high school pictures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's before I had much hair at all. Oh, no, that was when I had black and white hair. Black and white hair. That was awesome. I had, I had lots of phases. Oh, emo. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And now, if anybody's been listening to this podcast, I said, well, what is missing? We've been listening to a lot of men sing about country. So I decided to really take a left turn here. And yeah, chick. I am having a, a female artist. Is it, I am offended just by those words that you're just a chick. 
or is it chicks? Is it Pistol Annie's? No, no, no nothing like that. It's a, it's a single. Is it? This artist I saw in Atlantic City. I was going actually to my first. I had seen Garth Brooks, and a buddy of mine, uh, Troy, actually. I was going to go with my wife to go to this concert to see Tim McGraw because we liked one of his albums mm-hmm. quite a bit. But for whatever reason, she couldn't go. And I was off to my first concert post-Garth. First con- real country concert that wasn't Garth Brooks. But I was clearly going to see Tim McGraw. He had this woman opening up for him. So I was like, okay, let's go listen. I'm fine. And uh, the woman's name was Martina McBride. Mm. And let me tell you, she crushed Tim McGraw that night. Crushed him. As I said before, I ended up going with my friend Troy. We went to, I think, Taj Mahal in Atlantic City. It just blew me away. She had a song called Valentine, which she was usually closes her show with. A popular tune, very easy listening sort of thing. So she goes, she starts playing it, and it was kind of Christmas, and a couple people holding up posters. And I don't know if it was planned or not. This was end of November, so it was kind of pushing it. She said, okay, stop. And she had the guy take his keyboard who brought out there and had him bring him backstage. And she stood there in the middle of the stage and sung Oh Holy Night a cappella. My hair raised up on my arm. She has one of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard in country. Yeah, it it just blew me away. And from then on, I was hooked. The album I want to talk about is The Way That I Am by Martina McBride. A little backstory before we get there. She's got an interesting story on how she got in. You know, she grew up as a singer, blah, blah, blah. And she moves to Nashville and nothing happens, right? And especially back then, radio stations had a quota. You had one female artist was allowed per hour on country radio. Really? Yeah. And you had Trisha Yearwood and you had Reba. We had like the mainstays. When? When was that? Back back in the early 80s. When she's coming through in the 80s. So she gets a job. Her husband gets a job doing the sound for Garth Brooks. She doesn't have any money. He's hardly making enough money to get by. He goes, is there any way we can hire my wife somewhere? So she ends up selling merchandise <laughs> for Garth, the, the merch. Wow. And this one time they're at this outdoor show, and it's 115 degrees, and the amps start overheating. Mm. So Garth is like, What's, what are we going to do? And he sees this little woman carrying these big bags of ice over to the amplifiers, trying to save the show and keep everything kind of cool. And he's like, Watching this woman, you know, light little woman carrying these 50, 60 pound, 75 pound bags of ice. Garth is blown away by this. He says, that woman right there, whatever she's doing, she's dedicated. She's pushing it. And that's what I want to see. And like anything she needs, let me know. So down the road, she finally gets signed and she ends up going out on a tour with him for the first time. The first album is a good album, but there's no hits. So I think it popped out at like 62 on the country chart, which is not what the record company was looking for, really. So this album was the second album, The Way That I Am, really was her chance to kind of keep it going or else she was going to disappear. So she came out with it and it kind of did the same sort of thing. The first single was, I can't remember if it was Hard Trouble or My Baby Loves Me. There's a couple songs that I'm going to talk about. Let's just walk through it. Heart trouble, talking to a man about his cheating ways. Can't settle down. You can't have commitment. You know, you're going to miss me when I'm gone. That sort of thing. Really nice country shuffle. Fun song. The second song I love, and I probably, I'll talk about that one. 
My Baby Loves Me, and that was one of her singles. But it's a fun tune about true love. That wasn't me. It's about when somebody starts bringing in old relationships into a current relationship and looks for you to stumble in the same ways that previous people did. Mm-hmm. It's really deep. It's really a nice one. Love it. Uh, there was, this, isn't, this whole album is fantastic straight through. It's quite good. Mm. And the big song, which I'm going to talk about, and I'll skip for the moment, is called Independence Day. But we'll talk about that. Where I used to have a heart, it's pretty much loss of a loved one. Uh, here's the little lyrics. I guess I'll learn to live with a different kind of pain. I'm suffering from a sickness that I cannot give a name. I'm jumping ahead in the lyrics a little bit right here. I'm going to jump to the chorus, the back end. Gone without a trace, you left the hollow place. There's not a stone to mark where I used to have a heart. So it's that whole, that sudden loss of somebody. And it could be, it could just be a relationship ending, but the way I kind of read the lyrics and the way I kind of took it was somebody leaving suddenly through death or through, you know, the shock of a loss and somebody who's like heavy on your heart. Mm. It's like a heavy song, really good. And the next song is kind of interesting, which is about a woman throwing herself into her work after a breakup. But now the song's called Going to Work. And a lot of people aren't going to work today. (laughs) Uh, And I don't think anybody could have seen that in in the picture, right? When the whistle blows, I'll be there. Life goes on even when it's not fair. And who's got time to hurt? Right now, I got to go to work. So it's a story of a relationship that you throw everything into. And then it all just falls apart. So what do you do? You throw yourself into your job. Hmm. So anyway, that's good. Uh, she Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. Really, I may talk about that. I'm, I'm still debating what my third song is. It's a song about denial that her husband's cheating. And it's this woman who keeps seeing all the signs and it keeps getting worse and worse, but she still denies it. It's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, life number nine, once again, stealing husbands, this sort of thing. Really, <laughs> it's a moving song though. It's a cheating husbands, that sort of thing. Mm. Strangers, cool song actually. She has a great high chorus in Strangers. Stranger, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. Do it. <laughs> she sings really high. And she's just powerful, and her vocals are really strong. The chorus is just epic in that song. So that may be what I go with instead of, but we'll see. And Ashes is just like a nice, straightforward tune. All right, let's jump back. Let's go to the big one first, and then we'll go to the secondary ones. We'll go to Independence Day. Now, uh, this woman called Gretchen Peters actually wrote the song. And she wrote it from the point of view of an eight-year-old girl who was dealing with her father beat her mother. And it's a very heavy song. Here's the song in a nutshell. She, it's on Independence Day. She goes, you know, her father's beating her mother or whatever. And the whole town knows about it, but doesn't do anything about it. So she's going to the parade. And uh, she leaves the house to go to the parade. And when she comes home, her mother burned the house down and tried to kill her father. So it's a heavy song. Sure. And they got a lot of... Uh, pushback from the radio stations. <laughs> what? Yeah, what? Oh, we're not going to put it. And Martina <laughs> really wanted to raise the issue of domestic abuse, mm. and nobody had done it. And she was being blackballed by all of the radio stations. And she sang it, you know, out in concert, but it didn't have the same impact until it was saved by an unlikely source. 
I feel like uh, Paul Harvey. And now for the rest of the story. Martina had an album that wasn't doing very well. She had a single that no one would play. And then her single was saved in the strangest way. It was saved by a football player, a guy named O.J. Simpson. What? It, it was already released out there. And when O.J. killed his wife, allegedly. <laughs> but all of a sudden, spousal abuse was brought into the forefront of the American consciousness. Mm. And lo and behold, there was already a song that was released that nobody was playing that dealt with this issue. That song, Independence Day by Martina McBride. And now you know the rest mm. of the story. Wow. And she put a uh, music video out, which is brilliant. And the vocals and the music of Independence Day is unbelievable. Like her high runs and the notes that this woman can sing are just fantastic. Hmm. And that woman, Gretchen Peters, who wrote it, never thought anybody would possibly ever record that song. It was a song that meant a lot to her because she had dealt with abuse in her life or whatever. Yeah. And then Martina was like, no, I want that song. I love that song. I'm going to perform that song. I'm going to push it out. So It's interesting because I know that name, but I couldn't tell you a single song of hers and now i'm like sitting here waiting to hear what it is but uh yeah i'm curious now that whole setup was uh pretty good okay so i will listen here's independence day and i'll let it play actually because it's really a powerful song and unfortunately for everybody here in the the audience uh you're only going to hear a maximum of 30 seconds of it probably a little less but what I'm going to do is I'm putting it on YouTube. I'll put the video for this on YouTube. And uh, I'll have a playlist. I already have a playlist for last week. I'm going to add these songs to it. <coughs> Especially the songs that we talk about. If I can get any video of live or any made video for this. But definitely go and search out this song, Independence Day. It's, it's fairly known. But uh, the video is amazing. And so let's listen. Let freedom. You listen to that song, uh. and it's you know it's powerful, right? Especially when you know so, what it's about. But so she was selling merch. Yeah, she was selling with, merch for Garth with a voice before, like that. Wow. Before, yeah, I know. It's just it's crazy that ridiculous range, that awesome voice, mm -hmm. and that's what I saw. And that's what imagine that singing "Oh Holy Night" acapella. Yeah, it blew me away. And that's what I said when you go to a concert to see somebody, and the opening act blows them off the stage. Mm -hmm. You kind of take notice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just amazing to me. Wow. All right, now we're going to go to some lighter stuff. It's not going to be anything that heavy. The next song I'm going to discuss is a song called My Baby Loves Me, which I kind of talked about before. My Baby Loves Me Just the Way That I Am. It can work in either direction, I think. And, and I'm blessed to have a wife who loves me the way that I am anyway. Because let's face it, you know, guys have their quirks too. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
and I am definitely not an exception. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good tune. It's like, hey, no matter what, it's not about looks. It's not about the perfume I'm wearing. It's not about the, and for her point of view, right? Uh, it's not the the high heels or the look. He just loves me the way I am. He supports me. Mm. My biggest fan, that sort of thing. So, uh, and they have a, a a really a true love story in country music both of those people he has a big studio now in uh uh, nashville one of the biggest studios in the world her husband so Mm. it's he's grown up in country music just the same as she has so anyway let's listen to my baby loves me not anywhere as heavy as a independence day but it's (laughs) it's just a fun song this one is like i like it so let's listen don't need no copy of vogue magazine Don't need to dress like no beauty queen High heels or sneakers, you don't give a damn My baby loves me just the way that I am My baby loves me just the way that I am I'm sorry you're tearing up on that one. (laughs) Yeah. But it's... No, it's it's a good tune, but you can still even that is a good one. You can even hear her voice, you know. And still, even in that, it's just like she's killing it. No, I I agree. This is one of those things. Like I said, I know that name in country, but I never really paid attention to it. So this is new for me to hear all this stuff, and I'm impressed. Yeah, I mean, you can always go and grab the greatest hits for her too. It's like not a bad move. Uh, But the way that I am is just a solid album. Mm -hmm. Heart Trouble is great, and I really I'm don't know where I'm going on this next song. Um, all right. So, okay. Uh, let's just go to strangers, which is that, you know, chance meeting that turns into love and then it turns not into love at the end, but it's sort of like we were just strangers two minutes ago and now we're in love. The reason I'm going to play it is I really, really, really love the, uh, the run that she does in the chorus. So let's listen to this. This is definitely a slower song, but the, the chorus is great. So let's listen. That's Martina McBride, and I suggest everybody listen to that the way that I am. It's a great album. Hmm. Yeah, wow. I, I had no idea. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know. It, it wasn't something that I was... I don't You know, it was just came to me, and I was like, I have to put that in there. So I kind of realized it was missing, and I thought about putting another female artist, but for me... Martina McBride is the female artist that I, <laughs> I thought you were going to say. Reba McIntyre. It's not going to be any yeah. Dolly Parton, Reba McIntyre, all those people. They're great. And they are. Fantastic. Yeah. But for me, I was like, Martina McBride was the one that just blew me away. Yeah. And yeah. I, I experienced it, you know, and I didn't see those other people in concert. I kind of thought you would, you were going to, I didn't think you were going to say Dolly Parton because I didn't think you were kind of in that space. But um, yeah, I didn't know. Who, I thought you were going to do Dixie Chicks, honestly, when you were oh, starting really? to set up. Because oh, I said chicks. Because I said chicks, and then you started to to say something. But um, yeah, it's funny because when I think of like 
female country, like I think of Loretta, probably Loretta Lynn is my favorite. And then um, I like the Pistolanis I mentioned before. But yeah, this whole, the Mar- Martina McBride, I'm, uh, this is new to me. So I kind of want to dig in and check this out. Yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah, I agree. So we're done with episode two. Yeah. Look at this. There we go. It's like, it's like a turbo charge. And as fate would have it, my wonderful beer, the Transatlantic Dance Party, is almost <laughs> over too. Yeah, I'm on E. I mean, so, um, not ecstasy. And if you saw the size of this, this <laughs> mug, you're like, well, at least Rob's not drinking whiskey through the whole. No, no, no. This is like, I have a gallon. <laughs> of, uh, That'd be impressive. Yeah. It's a German Stein, I think. A Stein of whiskey. Yeah. Well, uh, Stein of whiskey, that would be bad. There's a wheel try. I would not be talking to you right now. <laughs> that would not be happening. Uh, oh, man. But it's definitely, you get that malt flavor from this stuff. If you ever have a chance to try it, it's really good. It's kind of dry and crisp and, and beery. Good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's, like, it's like an IPA, but more international. <laughs> yeah, it's like an IPA, but. Not exclusively India. <laughs> I am offended by that statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no flavors of Slurpee. We're getting. Would you like a brown or a red Slurpee, please? Thank you. Uh, Would you like a lottery ticket? This is horrible. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he went there. I I kind of just followed. Yeah. I apologize. Thank you. Come again. <laughs> Would you like the help desk to help you with anything else? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I apologize. It's one of the accents I can do. <laughs> well, then you got to do it. I uh, hear you. <laughs> I got to do the accents I can do. <laughs> Darn tootin'. <laughs> That's definitely not Indian. That's not. No, it's not. Don't even play, boy. That's Indian uh, There's American. only two things that come from Albuquerque, boy. <laughs> steers? That steers and, and queers. And I don't see no whores on your yeah. head, boy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's from a movie, by the way. I'm quoting a movie that's <laughs> from An Officer and a Gentleman. And it's also from Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Very similar things went on in both. Yeah, it's so, it's just a good text. That is not an opinion that. straight about the audience. <laughs> Hello. This is the attorney for the Dirty Dozen podcast. I just want to know that all of the actors and speakers in this podcast have been flagged. <laughs> oh. And flogged. Uh, flagged and flogged. That's what flagged our attorney does. And flogged. <laughs> oh my god. Where are we going with this? I, I don't know. I went to my Monty Python moment. You know, at the end where, hey, like, I love it. <laughs> where, where it's like King Arthur yeah. kills that guy and they, they have the police chasing him and uh, all stuff. It's great. I love it. Anyway, anyway. All right, everybody. Thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, please listen. We've been doing this for a while. If you enjoy what we're doing here, I, I really implore you to let other people know about it reach out talk to people share it it really would help quite a bit so thank you for that i didn't mean to be heavy there that's not independent for the moment <laughs> you just play but, with our uh, emotions up and down here but, but but if you like what we do man 
I just want to be loved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm here in the corner. I'm crying. Crying. <sighs> okay, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, <laughs> be well. Thank you for hanging out with us. <laughs> and uh, we love you guys. Yep. Uh, I appreciate all the, the chatter on Facebook. I appreciate the enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And um, thank you for being part of our community. And I will see you in... I won't see you. I'll be talking to you in two weeks. And Jake will see you very soon. Well, Jake should, by the time this is out, you can go and flip over to Wheel Try It and see Jake. See him drink something nasty. Yeah, this time. Which uh, is always fun. Yeah, my wife. My wife tortures me this time. I know, it's fun. They may get flagged. Although I'm, I, and vlogged. You said you would rather be tortured by her than me. I'm pretty upset. <laughs> you understand. <laughs> Obviously, I understand. (laughs) All right. Be well. I'll see you guys in two weeks.